My name is Alec Alvarado, and I am the youth pastor here at Canyon. So if this is your first time, I would love to extend a special welcome to you. And thank you for joining us during this time uh, of craziness. I'm sure during, you know, Christmas and New Year coming up, it was a lot of driving, a lot of family visiting, flying in. Maybe you guys are on, um, you know, on the road. But just thank you for joining us, and we're so glad you're here to worship alongside us today. And I'm really excited because today we are starting our new sermon series called I Quit. And, and basically what we'll be doing is this next year, going into 2020, we want to look at our lives and, and look and see what things we can quit. Um, for me, it wasn't my job because it was like, hey, Alec, you're going to start the sermon saying I quit. And I was like, wait, huh? But looking at things maybe in our lives that are in the way of what God wants to do this year. Maybe there are some habits. Maybe are, there are some things we're doing or things we're not doing. But what we want to do is kind of look at our lives and what are some things we can quit, we can take away to help God really move this year. And I think this is going to be a really good um, sermon series to kick us off into 2020. And today we'll be talking about comparison, uh, comparison which I'm really excited about because as a pastor, um, this is something kind of all pastors deal with. The biggest thing is looking at your ministry, whatever you're in charge of, whether it's youth, whether it's here in the main service, whether it's women's ministry, men's, there's kind of like this always like pressure to have like the biggest ministry. And what's sad is that we do it from like church to church. It's like, I have some pastor friend and it's like, oh, cool. Like, what were your like numbers on like midweek? And they were like, oh, 25. And like, what's yours? I'm like, oh, we had like 50 the other week. And it's kind of like, kind of feel good. And the comparison is a thing that kind of affects us all, whether you are a pastor or just someone who attends a church. And at first, it cannot seem like something that is that dangerous or, or is really harmful to our faith. But when you really dive down and look at it in a deeper way, I kind of understand, and I hope you will understand too, is that it's something that's really harmful to our faith. Something that I think can stand in the way from what God really wants to do, not just in my life, but in your life in this new year. So before we go into it, the verse we're going to be in is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. So if you have your Bible, please go ahead and turn to that. But if not, we'll have it on the screen. And one step that I think kind of leads into comparing our lives to everyone else around us is the busyness that we have in our lives. Um, I, since I'm in youth ministry, I get to hang out with obviously all the youth students, and I get to hear all the stuff that they go through, but also the parents. And I know some parents who have like three kids in different grades, and the, the mom is literally an Uber driver because they go from high school to middle school to elementary, and then after that, they have, you know, dance, they have sports, and they have to somehow get home and like make dinner amongst all that. And then after that, they have church, they're going to a friend's house or they're having a sleepover. And it's like all this stuff that is like so, so busy that I think what happens is we have this busyness, we have these things in our lives, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or, or stay-at-home dad, or you're a working mom or a working dad, or maybe both parents are working, you have your mom or the, you know, the grandparents watch the kids, is we get really, really busy with a lot of things that we have to take care of, a lot of responsibilities. And sometimes you forget to look at the things in our lives that can cause us harm. Like comparison. Um, comparison. We look and we go, man, I'm just too busy. And not only do I have to do all those things over there, but also there's like this unspoken thing that I have to do it better than all the other moms or all the other dads out there because of Pinterest, Instagram, Man, that family, they look all put together on Instagram and they have 250 likes. I'm scratching 40 and my kids, they didn't even want to be in this picture. It was all fake smiles. The car was all, and afterwards, like, get away from me, right? Man, I have to keep my household together. My kids have to be perfect. Man, you know, my home, it's not nicely decorated like all the other moms out there because they have more money and they have more time to make it look like Disneyland. Man, my house sucks. 
Or for a guy, it's like, man, I don't make as much money as my neighbor or my buddy that I play golf with, and I hear how, he much, how much money he makes. Man, my life isn't that cool. Or, or if you're in youth, man, my TikTok isn't blowing up. Like that person, right? Darn it. Sorry, it'll never blow up if you like do TikTok. Parents, don't even get involved into it. It's just a waste of time. But we all look around us, right? And we have things that we're into. We have responsibilities. We have family. We have jobs. We have people that we love that we have to take care of. But what begins to happen is we look at those things and we start looking all around us and saying, how is everyone else doing it? How are they living their lives? Where are they going on vacation? Are they even going to church on Sunday? What does their Instagram look like? What does their home look like? How big is their kitchen? What kind of car are they driving? And we begin to look around and we get so caught up in not just the business of it, but comparing that we go, man, I need to like be like everybody else. My, my faith journey doesn't look like that person. And it makes me feel terrible because they're a really good Christian. And I look at my life, it's just kind of Sunday on, you know, church service and serving, but that's it. Or man, like I, I don't make as much. See, we do all this and we forget during that to look up and say, wait a minute, what does God have for me? What is it God has called me to do? Because I'm so busy looking around at everyone else and trying to model what they're doing, trying to look like them, trying to beat them and their family because I'm too busy comparing instead of seeing what God has for me. So this first point that we're going to hit is God did not create you to be a copy of someone else. See, to me, being like somebody else is so boring. Like for, for me, like God knows, and so does my fiance, there does not need to be another Alec Alvarado on this planet. And if she was here, she'd say, amen. But she's working, so she'll hear the podcast and she'll say amen when she's off of work. But to me, it's so boring to be in a copy of you or you be a copy of me because God has designed us to be so different that why would you want to copy someone? Yes, it's great to have a nice big kitchen to have an upgrade. Yes, it's nice to make more money so you can be, you know, uh, more giving and more generous with it. And you can like buy your family things for Christmas. All those things are good. But why would you just want to be a copy of somebody else? Why would you just want to mimic somebody who's doing life the way God has called them to do? Because God has not called you to do that. God is super creative. He made all of us unique. We look differently. We act differently. We laugh differently. We have different moods, different personalities, because God gave us those things not to be a copy of somebody, to compare and say, man, what are they doing? How can I be like them? God made us unique so we can look up to him and say, what has he called me to do as a Christian? What has he called me to do as a Christian? You're Belinda and Anaheim Hills. What has God called me to do? Does he call me to compare, to, to look around and say, I need to model this, or I need to be like this? Or, or does he call us to be unique? That verse I told you to turn to, I think it's very important for us to study this because what happened in the early church in, in, in Corinth is that the church was doing the same thing. They were comparing each other to themselves. And this is what the verse says. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. We, or sorry, when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. So what Paul is saying here is he's saying, hey, there's people in the church who are really good at being Christian. They go, hey, I go to church on Sundays, I serve, I tithe, and I, I love the pastor. So I'm a really good person. And then outside of church, they go, look at my behaviors. Look at the way I talk. 
Look at the things I listen to, the things I don't listen to. Man, I am so holy. And they begin to walk around and say, this is the standard for everyone else in the church to live by, me. And Paul goes, uh, that's cool that you're living that life and that God has called you to do that. That is great for you. But Paul understood it'd be so sad for us to take that and say, oh, then I just need to copy and paste that onto myself. Because Paul understood that God made you unique for unique plan. Did you hear that? God designed you to be unique because his plan for you is unique. God doesn't want you to be another person that he already made because he made that person to do that. But I think we are so busy in our lives that we don't sit down and say, what are the things that are impacting my faith in my life that may be harmful to what God wants me to do? Because if we're so busy looking around and forget to look up and ask God what he's called you and I to do, there's people around us who are going to be hurting. See, God has put you in the neighborhood you're in for a purpose. God's put you in the home that you're in for a purpose. He's put you in the family that you're in for a purpose. And even in the place you work at, God has put you there for a purpose. And sometimes we're too busy going, what are they doing in their neighborhood? Wow, look at their Christmas party. That's great. They had 60 people. I want to be like them. Oh my gosh, their job, their job was fantastic. Look at them. We're going like this. We're seeing everyone else. And we forgot to go, wait, why did you put me here? Why do I have this group of friends around me? Is it for me to influence them to, to pursue the kingdom? God, why am I here at this job that maybe I don't like all the time? But God, why am I here? And why are these coworkers around me? God, why did you put my boss in my life? See, God has put you here for a plan specifically for you. And I think if we're too busy comparing ourselves to everybody else, whether they're a Christian or not, you're going to miss out on something big that God has planned for you. And this is why I love this sermon series, because it's about, hey, let's quit doing that. See, this really hits home for me, this, this whole comparison aspect and knowing what God has for my life. Because recently, this past year, it, it's been something that I think has been 100% God-driven. So if you don't know my testimony, I used to work in another church for about three years, going on to four. And this ministry that I worked for was huge. We had 150 kids in our ministry. The, the youth building alone was bigger than this room, just for the youth. And there was nothing in it because they would destroy things. So it was a great spot. But just huge, huge space, tons of kids, tons of family I was involved with, just loving on each other, had a full-time job, all this great stuff, right? So I'm working there. And I heard God say, hey, Alec, um, I know you like it. You're probably comfortable here, and this is a great spot for you, but I want you to put in your two weeks. And I, I heard that, and I go, oh, that's the devil. So I said, because I, I don't want that. I said, mm, that's, uh, I rebuked that. That's from the devil. So I just ignored it, right? And I kept hearing it. I kept hearing it. I kept hearing it. And I go, okay, it's probably not the devil, because that's not something that like, is negative. It's not something that's destructive. It's a voice saying, hey, I want to challenge you. So it, it's probably God. So I sat down. And I said, all right, God, you're calling me to do this, but man, I should pause and like look around at everybody else. Because all the guys my age, they weren't quitting their full-time jobs. They were settling down, getting married, buying property. Man, they're at a full-time gig. Oh man, this is kind of scary. Wait, I want to get engaged soon? How am I going to get engaged when I don't have a full-time job? Because fellas, that ring's expensive. Let me tell you. Man, God, you're calling me to do this? And look at everyone else around me, God. Like, I want to be in comfort. I want to be amongst this because this is safe. This is good. I just want to be like him and do that and buy that. Oh, wait, God is calling me to, to do this. That's right. 
So if I would have done this comparison thing, right, in that moment, I would have missed out on so much. So I was obedient, right? I said, all right, God, I hear you loud and clear. I'm going to step out in faith because this is comfortable. This is scary. I have no idea, no direction, like, or no idea where this will go, right? So God, I'm going to do it. So I went up to my boss and said, hey, this is out of the blue, but this was God, not me, because I would not want to do this, but I'm putting in my two weeks. And I got a little bit afraid because I go, okay, there's an end date in mine. Like this Wednesday, there's no job afterwards, and I have to file for unemployment if I didn't get a job. So I go, all right, God, it's on your hands. So I started applying, interviewing, going to tons of different churches, literally down in San Clemente, everywhere, just looking, Oceanside. I'm like, gosh, like, God, this is scary. It's coming up to the end day, because if I'm trying to save for that ring that I know the, the price tag on it, it's not going to work out, God, if I don't have any money. So I get closer, got closer, and got closer, and I saw a posting for this place. And I go, okay, I'm going to go to it, be faithful, and if God wants me to step in, he'll open the doors. And if not, then I just keep moving on. So I was waited, waited, and it was the morning before my last day. And I'm like, all right, God, this is like the, the last minute. And God loves to do that, by the way. He loves to wait to the last second to like show up. But here's why. Here's why. It's not to be like, ha you're dumb. You're a bad Christian. This is why God does this. Because in those moments when you're sweating, when you're anxious, when you're nervous, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know how it's going to pan out. I only have 24 hours. God, God, God. It goes, hey, relax. You can't have any control over this because I'm in control. So God goes, Alec, you're not in control here. You're a human being. You're tiny compared to me. You're powerless compared to me. I got this. Get a phone call from Pastor Larry. And he goes, oh, he's going to say, thank you, Alec, but no thanks. So I was just expecting to hear like a no, we don't want you. And I was like, oh, this is going to be terrible. So I answer the phone. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> I want to get married. <laughs> uh, but I answer the phone. And obviously, it went the opposite direction. He goes, hey, we want you to be a part of this. So I come on board. I'm excited. I'm fired up. And the story continues and gets crazier. I just start getting involved in all these different schools around here. I meet other pastors in this area. I meet you guys, your, your family, your students, and things are just going, right? Things are just going, and I'm having such a good time. I'm like, man, this is where I'm supposed to be in. God's working. God's moving. And he's shown me so many things. And then I randomly get an email from this network called TBN. If you don't know what TBN is, it's Trinity Broadcast Network. It's like the biggest Christian TV channel that's ever existed, and it's huge. When I was a kid, it was snooze time. Kind of like the students in here who are like, Mom and Dad, like my grandma would put on TBN, and it was like Chris Tomlin, like, eh, you know, silent night, and it kind of like cute. And I was like, this is boring. My grandma's like, this is the best, right? I get an email from TBN saying, hey, Alec, um, we would love for you to be on a youth pastor game show. And I'm just like, wait, like the channel that I would hit snooze on because I thought it was boring. They want me to go to their TV, you know, studio and do a whole thing. Like, that's crazy. I'm like, sure. So I go, I have a blast. I meet other pastors. It gets aired on YouTube. It's just crazy. And then I'm like, oh God, this is great. Go home and I turn on the TV. What channel just turns it on to? TBN. And I go, okay, God. <laughs> Like, first off, I, I, I'll be honest, I wouldn't turn to it. I go to, like, Disney Plus for Mandalorian. But I was like, you know what? Maybe God, like, wants it on to show me something. So I sit there, and I'm watching it. And I'm thinking about Grandma. She'd be like, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy. My grandson's watching this network. And I'm like, Burr. So I'm sitting there watching it, and this dude comes on him, Ryan Reese. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, he looks kind of edgy. You know, like, hat on, sunglasses, long hair, and, like, tats. He's kind of like, Burr. 
Europe, right? So I'm like, oh, edgy. This is kind of cool. So like, I'll pay attention. And he's being interviewed by this lady. And they're talking, and he's kind of telling his testimony of how he oversees this really cool ministry called the Whosoevers, who goes all around the country and just kind of uh, tours at high schools. They go to high schools. They bring in their DJ. They bring in this um, really cool artist called P.O.D. I don't know if you heard of him. But they bring, like, the lead singer from P.O.D. They bring food. They do giveaways. They have merch. All this big stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then it goes to a commercial break, and then Mandalorian. <laughs> I go, perfect. Hit the, um, Disney Plus, right? Watch that. Go to sleep. Go into my second job the next day, and I'm working, right? This is, this is how you know. I'm just working, doing my thing, right? And I look over. Guess who walks in? Ryan Reese. He walks into my job. I'm just like, am I awake? And I look, and I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, God, <laughs> this is scary. But God, like, I hear you speaking loud and clear. So I go, you know what? There's no, it's not a coincidence that he's like, oh, I'm just going to happen to walk in. And like, this guy saw that. It's not a coincidence. I knew it was God. So I go, all right, I'm going to have to go talk to this dude because God's trying to orchestrate something. He's trying to work something here. So I go over to him and I'm like, hey, um, this is going to be really creepy. I kind of probably sound like a fangirl, but I saw you on an interview last night. I'm like, oh my gosh, uh, I saw you in an interview last night. And you were talking with this lady and you talked about the whosoevers. And like, it was really cool. And I'm a youth pastor. And he's like, what? You're a youth pastor? And I go, yeah, like I youth pastor out in your Belinda and it's great. And he's like, hold on a second. So he goes and sits down, comes back, and he goes, hey, can we exchange information? Because I would love to come and tour this high schools around your church. And I'm just like, cool. So I gave him like my Instagram, my phone number. I'm like, hey, just text me if you just want to get coffee, you know, just hang out, give him my email, my address. Just kidding. But like, I give him all the stuff to like link up, right? And I'm just assuming like, okay, it was like a nice gesture of like, okay, like I'll, I'll grace this young, you know, a striving youth pastor. I'll just grace him with a cute note of like, hey, give me your information. I would never hear from him because sometimes it happens, right? So I give him all that saying, we're probably not going to connect because he's just too big of a star. And I'm a little youth pastor of like this family church. It isn't this huge thing. So he's probably going to overlook us. I get an email the next day saying, hey, I want to get involved. How can you do this? So then I reach out to an FCA guy that I know. His name's Nate Green. He oversees all of this area. And I say, hey, I met this guy. I'm sure God's behind this. And he would love to bring him and his crew to tour all the high schools around here. And he says, perfect. And in February, they're going to be coming and touring all the high schools around here, okay? Hold on. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Which is crazy. But then get this. Growing up, I listened to P.O.D., a Christian rock band, and this was like super edgy at the time. Because like I said earlier, this was like Chris Tomlin, like just like, you know, kind of like just a relaxed Christian worship music. And anything that had an electric guitar was kind of like, oh, is that Christian? And P.O.D. was just straight up, like, almost screaming. It's like, da -da 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 -da. Jesus! Da -da. So I was like, I like that! Because it's not like Chris Tomlin, like the tambourine, even though that's great. But I was, I was like, this is cool. So I started listening to it. My mom, she was like freaking out because she's like, oh my gosh, is he screaming? That's the devil. And my grandma, my grandma was like, nope. She's all speaking in tongues. Like I denounced that. And I'm like, it's Christian. And they're like, okay. So we drive around this hideous green GMC van and we'd be blasting, da -na 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 -na, Jesus. And you pull up to church, my mom's like, <laughs> and there's family saying, run, run, honey, run, run. Right? So I'm like, all into POD, love it, grow up listening to it. I'm like, dang, this is really cool. This is awesome. Great. Here we fast forward. I'm going to be meeting the lead singer from POD because he's a part of this group called the Whosoevers, okay? And here's why I tell you all this. I didn't make this up. You can check my Instagram. I've been following them all. Believe it. But here's why I tell you this story. It's because God has called me to be here for a purpose. And if I am too busy looking around at other youth pastors, Looking around at other young men who are trying to start their lives, their family, the way God has called them to, and I want to copy that, I want to model that, guess what I would have missed out on? 
This amazing opportunity, not just to pastor your students, but to meet all these cool people and do these things for the kingdom of God. And I think you and I sometimes, we fall into this. We fall into this trap where we go, man, I just want to blend in. I want to be like everybody else and live out their story because they have the money, they have this, they have the perfect family. When God has called you to be unique for a unique purpose, God has called you to live a life that only you can live, to do things only you can do. There are people in your lives that only you can impact, that me as a pastor, as Larry being a pastor, Carlos, Matt, Sherry, all of us, there's people in your life that only you can impact, not us. And God has called you to be in that specific place to live the life he's called you to so you can win those people over to the kingdom. But we look around and we go, I want to be like that. Oh, I just, I want to do that. That looks safe. That looks comfortable. It's been done before and I can easily do it. And God is not a boring God. He doesn't call us just to be copies. He calls us to be unique. I, I love the Lord of the Rings because I'm a huge nerd and I'll just own up to it because it's fine. But I love the Lord of the Rings. And there's this really cool scene that really kind of tied this whole message for me. And I hope it does so. So check out the screen. Come along, Samwise. Keep up. Be careful, both of you. The enemy has many spies in his service. Birds. Beasts. Is it safe? Never put it on. Agents of the Dark Lord will be drawn to its power. Always remember, Frodo, the ring is trying to get back to its master. It wants to be found. This is it. This is what? If I take one more step, it'll be the farthest away from home I've ever been. Come on, Sam. Remember what Bilbo used to say? It's a dangerous business, Frodo going out your door, you step onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to. The reason why I show you that clip is because I think there was a moment that Sam had before he crossed that boundary, before he crossed that county line saying, man, this is the forest that I've been away from home. I think in that moment when he knew the adventure he was about to go out on, he paused and go, wait, what am I leaving behind? And I think in his mind, he thought about home. He thought about all the other hobbits who were doing their thing, having great meals, having great drinks, spending time in the Shire, doing life the way hobbits have always done it. And I think for a brief moment, he goes, I I'd rather be like that. I think he was comparing his current situation to back home. And for a brief moment, he's like, you know what? It'd be a lot easier to just do what hobbits do because that's all they've done. 
It'd be easy to copy the life that I've had back home from, you know, family passed on to generation to generation. I should just do that. But then you hear Frodo, right? Frodo comes in with this wisdom from Bilbo and says, hey, there's this journey that we're supposed to be on. And it's not stay in the Shire. It's not stay in the safety of a bubble where everything is green and great and just live life the way everyone else has lived and then die and it continues. No, I think we're meant for a journey for a purpose to do something greater. And let's just keep going on this adventure. See, all of us, we have an adventure just like they did that God is calling us to go on. God doesn't want us just to be another person who lived near Belinda, and then that's it. God has called us to do some amazing things. God has called us to be unique, not to be a copy, not just to be another Christian who's walked through these doors and then walks out. God has called all of us in this room to do something amazing that only you can do. And I would hate for us in this new year to have a moment where we stop, like Sam, and we don't move forward, where we stop and you go, you know what? Uh, it's too scary. What God is calling me to do, it's too much faith required, and I don't know if I can do this. Man, I'm used to the life I have. I'm used to the life that I've always seen around me, and I just want to stay in that because it's safe. I would hate for us this new year to just fall into that trap because there's a huge life ahead of you. There's an adventure ahead of you that God had designed solely for you. See, if I would have been like Sam and have not crossed that line and not listened to what Frodo said, I'd still be over there. I wouldn't have had this awesome opportunity to come pastor your students. I would have never met the guy from TBN. He would never have come to speak around the schools because I'd be playing it safe. I'd be comparing my life and saying, what does everyone else do? They're being safe. Let me model that. But instead I said, I'm done with that. I quit. I don't want to compare because I'm not supposed to be like every other pastor. I'm not supposed to be a man like every other man. I'm supposed to be who God created me to do. And God has called me to step out in faith to follow him wherever he leads me, to do the things that he tells me to do. So this new year, what I want to challenge you guys with is to think about taking that step. Maybe you're someone that's kind of paused right now and you go, it's, it's scary what I think God's calling me to do. It may require you moving. It may require you to you know, leave your job. It may require some shifting in your family unit, whatever it may be. Some of you are at that line right now saying, man, I want to cross over, but I'm not too sure. I'm afraid because th th this is home base. This is comfortable. This is safe. But I'm telling you, once you step over that and you go, this is exactly where God wants me, it is the best feeling in the world. I feel complete. I feel whole because I know God is leading my steps. See, people would look back and say, wow, you were the pastor of a youth group of 150 students. You had it made. You had a room that was bigger than this entire church just for youth. Why did you leave? You had full time? Alec, that's foolish, especially if you want to get married. And I would say, you're right, but... I'm following God. I'm not comparing my situation to everyone else's. I'm just saying, God, what do you want me to do? And I'm going to follow. And some of us in this room need to make that same decision. Stop comparing. It's great that they have that life. They have more, whatever. That's their life. That's for them. But God has called you to be unique. God has called you to live a unique life. And I would hate for any of you to miss out on that because there's so much joy. There's so much peace when you know you're walking in the footsteps that God has planned out for you. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for this church, God. I thank you so much for this body of believers. And God, as we go into this new sermon series, God, that could be quite challenging, I ask that you will encourage every single person in this room, Father, that maybe some of us are struggling with having faith in you, 
Maybe, God, we've heard you make that same call in our lives to step out of faith, and it's a little bit scary because we're not sure of what's on the other end, God, or how that first step looks and what may come our way. But God, I ask that you would just encourage every single person in here who you are calling to step out. God, who you are calling to say, quit comparing. That's not for you, my child. I have a life for you. God, I ask you will encourage that person right now. Encourage them in 2020 to make that, that leap of faith, God, to follow you, to quit comparing, God. God, we thank you for this past year, whether we had a great year or it was filled with sorrow. Lord, we thank you for this past year and ask that 2020 will be a year of growth with you, God. That we can look forward to the things you're going to bring in our lives because we are being obedient and following after you, God. So I thank you so much for this new year, God. I thank you so much for this church, for the people sitting in these seats, God, and the people who are not here. I thank you so much for them all and ask God, you keep challenging us day after day after day to continue to follow you. So Father, we thank you for this year. We thank you for this upcoming year. We give it to you. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.